let's uh, let's start at uh, Psalms uh, 100 verse 4. Psalms 100 and verse 4. If you have it, say amen. The word of the Lord says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Verse five, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. The help of the Lord this morning, I just want to speak quickly on this thought. The blessing of thankfulness. The blessing of thankfulness. And if to try to be like our pastor, I'll give you a second title too. Um, having an attitude of gratitude. Look at your neighbor and say, you need an attitude of gratitude. All right, let's, uh, let, let's lay our Bibles down. Let's uh, bow, our head, bow our heads, lift our hands. Where, in a way that you feel comfortable, help me pray right now that God would move right now in this moment. Would you do that right now? Lord, you're awesome. God, and I thank you for your word. It's already anointed. I thank you, Lord, for the power that's in it. God, I pray right now, Lord, that this word would not return void, that it would deeply root itself in the hearts and minds of every man, woman, boy, and girl that is in this house today. God, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay. God, allow me to be for, bring your oracle, God, today, God, and to bring forth with boldness, God, your word to this to these people today in this place. In Jesus' name we said amen. amen. You can be seated if you like. I've always loved the Thanksgiving holiday. I think you can look at me for less than 10 seconds and figure out that Thanksgiving is high on my list of priorities. There's nothing... A more awesome brother Donald than help me now getting some uh, some maybe some uh, sweet potato pie or maybe a little uh, uh, pumpkin pie or we had uh, a fret oh let me just tell you something about grandma's Dutch apple pie with a scoop of ice cream on top Woo. My, my, my Lord. I love it so, 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 so much. In my life, it's always been a time that family comes together and enjoys the company of one another while also enjoying this fantastic meal that is prepared by willing hands. And my thought has always gone back to even though we have adopted this thought of thankfulness during Thanksgiving time, which I think that we should, it doesn't have its roots anywhere in the church, Brother Donald. It has its roots in this great country that you and I live in and call home today. It has its roots in people who were starving and dying and people who were losing things left and right, loved ones and losing their crops and losing different things and they make it through and they survive and they strive and they come up on the cusp of another winter and, and they come together with not only the people that were their neighbors but the ones that were their enemies at times, what they would fight amongst and they had a giant meal and they, and what's crazy about it is that, you know, if you look back and you look at what they ate those days, it, it probably wasn't turkey. It was probably more like fish, and they probably didn't have big giant scoops of mashed potatoes. It was probably corn, and it wasn't sweet corn. It was probably a little bit bitter, but they ate, and they were thankful, hear this, of what they had because they realized what they could not have. A place of thankfulness truly comes from a place of want. So... And, and I'm sure we have all heard the phrase today, 
Uh, maybe you've heard it in your life. Maybe you've heard it in your mind. Maybe you've heard it through your work that no good deed goes unpunished. Sadly, this is too often a true statement. It has its origins in this thought. The reason that too often this is true is because those who the good deed is bestowed upon are truly unthankful. They do not realize the magnitude of what was bestowed upon them. They have not understood the depth of the love that was, was handed to them. They have not they have not put their mind around and really understood what was really given to them. So they come from a place of ungratefulness and, un and non-thankfulness and non-gratitude. Thankfulness defined or gratitude um, gratitude, thankfulness or gratefulness all have very, very similar definitions and it is a feeling of appreciation by a recipient of another's kindness. I'm going to say that again. It is a feeling of appreciation by a recipient of another one's kindness. This kindness can be gifts, help, favors, another form of generosity to another person. The word comes from the Latin word gratis which means pleasing or thankful. So if the truth of thankfulness is appreciation by a recipient of another's kindness, then the opposite must be true for unthankfulness. I am not grateful. I do not have a feeling of gratefulness and appreciation to the person who has shown me kindness. And unfortunately in scripture, if this is something that you have found yourself maybe being from time to time, if you have found yourself in a place of non-thankfulness, if you will, or unthankfulness, you are completely coming against what the scripture teaches us. 2 Timothy 3 and 2 says this, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. It puts unthankfulness in the same category as not being holy. In the same category as being proud and being a boaster and being a blasphemer. Unthankfulness is in that same category. In this scripture, the great apostle Paul is writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy. In chapter three, Paul warns Timothy that the last days there will come a spirit into the world that would cause much trouble for the church. Look at your neighbor and say, we're living in the last day. Here in verse two, he tells Timothy that among the lovers of their own selves, the covetous, the boasters, the proud, the blasphemers, the disobedient to parents, hello kids, and unholy would be where people would also be unthankful. One may never expect that unthankful people would receive such a harsh judgment. You wouldn't normally in our own mind, our own, 
our own mind's eye and our own reasoning and understanding, our own thought process, our own contemplating, if you will, we, we wouldn't think that if I'm just unthankful for something that that would receive such a harsh judgment. And it's because it is not normal for your flesh to be thankful. It is, it is abnormal, it is against human nature to be thankful because your human nature says, I want to look after this, my, my own flesh. I want to take care of me and mine. I want to do what's best for me. And that does not have its origins in a place of thankfulness. Is being unthankful really such a bad thing? Why put it right before unholy in verse 2? Well, what does it mean to be unholy, Brother Kidwell? I'm glad you asked. Let me show you. Hebrews 12 and 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness. Here it is. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, wait a minute. We just saw in 2 Timothy that unholy and unthankful are listed under the same list. And without holiness, you cannot see the Lord. I have come today with a burden in my spirit and a, and, a, and a proclamation from the Holy Ghost that God is calling us to a place of thankfulness. We have got to start becoming thankful for what we have if we expect to take the blessings of what God has for us. So scripture says, if a lack of holiness would keep one from seeing the Lord, what would the result be of being unthankful? One thing is true in every circle is that not everyone will appreciate what you do for them. Go to work, do the extra work, put in the extra time, put in the extra effort. You may have a good boss that may come by and say, you've done such a great job. Maybe they buy you lunch the next day. Maybe they do something for you. Maybe they don't. Maybe you help a, a fellow coworker and they needed a day off and uh, they needed to go take care of something for their family and you say, don't worry, I'll cover your shift for you and they never once say thank you. They never once reciprocate those things. No matter how hard you try to please some people, they are never going to completely appreciate what you have done or at least the effort you have put into something. There are some people in this world and even in the church today, sadly, who are simply unthankful people. And we just looked at what scripture thinks about that. If I've even heard people say, and I read this from a preacher talking about this, and he said, be careful to pray this prayer. And it was, for these gifts, we ask you to make us truly thankful. I know we've all joked about it and we've heard people say, you don't pray for patience. Why? Because God doesn't just drop patience in your bucket. God will give you an opportunity to become patient. Can I get an amen from all the moms out there? Come on, mama. He doesn't just drop patience in your bucket. He gives you an opportunity. Sister Nikki, he gives you a Logan. Sister Kidwell, he gave us an Asher. Love that kid to death, but he tests daddy's patience. God doesn't just drop patience in your bucket. He gives you the opportunity to become patient. 
So if that same principle is applied to, for these gifts we ask you to make us truly thankful, we need to understand what we say when we say that. Because being thankful, again, is not a natural state of mind for human beings. Being thankful comes from knowing want. It comes from not having. A woman will be thankful for a husband when she understands what it means not to have one. Or she'll be more grateful to have a good husband if she understands what it was to have a bad one. Hello? A man will be thankful for the job that he has when he has gone through a long period of time where he had no job. He'll be thankful for the blessings that God has bestowed upon his life more than ever when he comes to a pact and realizes that he once did not have those things. It comes from a place of want. Being broken teaches you how to be thankful when you are whole. Being broke in your bank account teaches you to be thankful when you've got money in your bank account. Being sick teaches you how to be thankful when your body is whole. Being in pain teaches you how to be thankful when your body is ridden with pain. A near-death experience teaches you how to be thankful for each and every day. Being lonely teaches you how to be thankful for someone who goes out of their way to be your friend. Thankfulness comes from a place of want. Maybe in this house today, this is, I, I, I feel this so strong right now. You've been in a place of want for a long, long, long time. I'm here to tell you today, if you will just be thankful for what you already have, God is going to fill up what you don't already have. God has put you in a struggle for a reason. He has put you where you are for a purpose, to teach you how to be thankful for what you do have. If anybody understands that over the last year, it's this guy. I, I, God has really taught Brother Kidwell in the last year what it means to be thankful for what you have. And to, and to thank God for the things that we, that we, that we had and to, and to believe for him for the things that we didn't and to trust him and know that he is going to fill in the gaps. You hear me today and you hear me plainly. If you are in a position of want and in a season of need today, I am calling you and God is calling you to a place of thankfulness like you've never been before because if you will thank God for what you do have, he will make up the difference for what you don't. He will fill up your bank account. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will heal your broken body. He will remove all the pain and stress. He will remove all your anxiety if you just thank him for what he has already given. Ha. Thankful people are usually people who have been down the road of adversity. They are people who know what it means to struggle. I've grown, I grew up that way. Mama did a good job of not letting us know, but we grew up pretty poor. I used to think that bologna was called round steak for a reason. When people said I had a steak dinner, that was steak for real. 
And then when I had real steak for the first time and God had blessed our family, I said, whoa, mom, this is way better. I understood those things. When you've had Kraft Mac and cheese and then you go to some homemade Mac, come on, brother, tell me about it. You understand how thankful you are for that old Mac and cheese. People who have been in struggle, people who have known the, 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 the test and the trial that comes with being in struggle are the truly and normally the most thankful people. They are people who have not had the world handed to them on a silver platter. They have worked hard to get where they are at. They endured much expense and labor to reach a certain place. They did all they could, and when that failed, they prayed to Jesus before the help came. So they knew where their help came from. The Bible sets unthankful people apart from thankful people. It lets us know that to be unthankful is a sin, a grievous sin as it should be. When someone does something for you, the response of your heart and your lips should be thank you. If it's not, we need to work on that. Hallelujah. Whether it's God or your next door neighbor or somebody inside of these four walls or even a complete stranger, if someone does something nice for you, you should say, please and thank you. They're called the magic words. If you want nice things to happen, they're the words that should be heard. Like we're going back to fifth grade here for a minute, or, or five years old, rather. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, it, but the, the principle is true. We, we have to get to a place where we are so thankful for everything that we have and we believe and trust God for the things that we don't. Our thanks should always be directed and through the Lord. Amen? Amen? Ephesians 5 and 20 tells us that giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it didn't say give him thanks for just the things that only God could take care of and don't thank him for everything else that you had the opportunity to, hello? In all things, unto God and, hello? We are to give thanks. Everything, every good deed, every pray raise, every good doctor report, every help, every encouragement, every big and every little thing that encourages your life. It should come from a place of true thankfulness. Every little thing that encourages and blesses our life, we should be thankful to God for. Without thankfulness, we most assuredly hinder the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We literally handcuff God or the holy angels that he sent to take care of that problem. You handcuff them when you are unthankful. When in your heart you begin to covet and want rather than be thankful for what you have. In Luke 17, we see an unbelievable story, unbelievable is the wrong word, an amazing story. It's hard to fathom, but it's in the Bible, so it's true. At verses 12 through 19, I'm gonna read these really quick. It gives a really good look into what we're talking about today. 
Luke 17, beginning at verse 12, and it says, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, talking about Jesus, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. That's a form of worship when you ask God to take care of something. That's a whole nother message. I've preached it here before. We'll have to preach it again another time. That's a whole nother message. But when you ask God for the things that you don't have and truly worship him and thank him and tell him to have mercy upon you, that is a form of worship unto God. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, See that for a minute. There's another message right in there. Brother Donald, you can preach this one next time. As they went, they were cleansed. It didn't happen when Jesus spoke. Hello? It happened when they began to do what he told them to do. When they began to walk towards what he called them to walk towards. Too many times God is telling you, I've got blessing for you. Okay, God, give it to me. Okay, well, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and your blessing is on its way. Well, okay, give me that, and I'll give you X, Y, and Z. That's not how it works. We have to make sure that we are doing what God called us to do, amen? If we walk according to his will and his purpose, the blessing will follow. Amen? So, verse, and they went, and they were cleansed. They were cleansed. They were healed of their leprosy. Woo! Exciting. Unbelievable story, so fantastic. They're healed, they're taken care of. And one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Verse 16, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a, and he was a Samaritan. These were the dogs, if you will. They were treated so unfairly. They were treated like trash by the, true, the, the Israelite people. Still fell at his feet worshiping. And Jesus answered, here, here it is, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Verse 18, they are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And here it is, verse 19, right here. This is the whole message today. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Made him whole. What an amazing miracle. And what an amazing testimony that he now has. Leprosy in that day was thought to be a disease that came from extreme filth. Leprous people were not allowed to even walk on the same side of the street as everyone else. And if they walked into towns or around other people, they had to holler out, unclean, unclean. They weren't allowed to get close to anybody else for fear that what they had would get upon them. Can you imagine the social stigma that followed these 10 men 
every single day of their life. These 10 men were separated from everybody else. They didn't have any friends, didn't have any loved ones. They were all back in the city. Maybe they had kids at one point, they're separated from them now. Maybe they had a good job at one point, they're separated from it now. Maybe they had lots of material blessings, they're separated from it now. Can you imagine the pain that their minds went through every day? Imagine with me for a minute if you had everything that you have today, it was stripped from you tomorrow. They said you're leprous and you had to leave the city and live on the outskirts with other sick people and never be able to partake in the goodness that you have of now. I bet you you'd be more thankful for what you have now. They were unable to be around their families. They had to watch their children grow up from a distance. They lived in colonies of other leprous people. They were surrounded every day with the sickness of others and the stench of their own disease. So these 10 men cry out for Jesus' help. Pretty good start. They cry out and Jesus heals them. He takes away the leprosy as they do what he commanded them to do. The leprosy is ripped from their life. But of the 10 that were healed, only one was truly thankful. He wasn't in a hurry to go show himself to the priest so he could be meted back into society with his family. Look at this. And when one of them saw that he was healed, verse 15 again, turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. It fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. While the nine unthankful went on their way, this one man falls on his face at the feet of Jesus and cries out with a loud voice in thanksgiving, glorifying God. He had an attitude of gratitude. He was thankful what had been given to him. And here it is. Jesus asked the question, where are the nine? Notice the distinct difference. Notice the distinct difference between the one and the nine. The other nine went on their way. While Jesus asked, were there not ten? Where are the nine? You can almost hear anguish in his voice, Brother Donald. As I read it, I don't know, I'm crazy, I don't know. I, I read the Bible and I just animate it in my own head. I, I have a video that plays in my head. Y'all, if I can ever get it played for you guys, I'll play it up on the screen. I read the Bible and it just animates and I can almost see the anguish on Jesus' face. I can hear it in his voice. Where are the nine? Ten were cleansed, but only one was thankful. Jesus made mention of the fact that some people appreciate when something good is done to them and some people don't. 
In fact, the percentage of unthankful people in the account of Jesus' ministry is alarming. 90% of people in this particular miracle were unthankful for it. 90%. Praise God for the 10%. Thank God for the few that come back and say thank you. If it wasn't for them, I wonder what would happen. I wonder where churches would be if there weren't thankful people. I wonder where churches would be if there weren't pastors who lived a thankful life. I wonder where we would be today if it wasn't for the Lord himself continuing to do good deeds even when people literally spit in his face and aren't thankful for what he does for them. Every now and again, we hear people say, I really appreciate your help. You have no idea how much this means to me right now. You know the ones that say that? Those are the ones that were in that place of want. The Samaritan, even before he had leprosy, was treated unfairly by the Jews. He knew, Brother Donald, what it meant to be unappreciated. He knew what it meant to want and to need. So he was thankful. So look at what Jesus did for the thankful man that he didn't do for the other nine. Verse 19. <laughs> Verse 19, and he said unto them, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith made thee whole. Understand something. Leprosy that day would literally cause things to fall off of you. You would get so sick that you would lose fingers. You'd lose toes. You could lose your hand. Your nose could literally fall off your face. These other men went back into the city, but they probably still bared the scars of what leprosy had done to them. They still had things missing. They were missing feet. They were missing toes. Maybe, maybe they were missing a hand. Maybe, maybe their ear had fallen off. Maybe they had lost an eye. But leprosy had claimed things from them. But look, verse 19, one man was made whole. I don't believe that was just his body. I, yeah, he may have regained an ear. He may have regained a nose. He may have regained an eye. He may have regained all, I, I believe that's true. But I think the other things that he lost before the leprosy came, it's a type and a shadow of sin. Those other things that he lost were removed and put back into his life when he came back to the feet of Jesus and said, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. And here's the message today. God spoken to me so strong. There are people in this house Yes, God's healed you. He's taken away the leprosy. But you still bear the scars. You still bear the scars of what leprosy removed from you. There are still things missing within your spirit, in your soul, and in your life. Maybe it's a lost loved one that you want to come back. 
Maybe, maybe it's a, it's a job that you used to have that you wish that you could still have again. Maybe, maybe it's, it, it's some material thing that you had lost. God, God told me in prayer and preparation for this, he spoke so clearly to my mind, if you will come back to a place of thankfulness today, he is not only going to continue to heal the leprosy that sin had put into your life, but he will make you whole. Everything that was stolen, everything the enemy ta- has taken, every lost dream, every lost plan, he wants to restore that today. He wants to make you whole. Turn to your neighbor and say, he wants to make you whole. He doesn't just want to heal your leprosy today. That's why there was so much anguish in Jesus' voice. Because the nine missed out on the blessing of thankfulness. The nine missed out on being made whole. They missed out on getting back the things that the enemy had stolen. They missed out. She didn't have an attitude of gratitude. The Bible says that thy faith hath made thee whole, Jesus said. The man was expressing thankfulness, but Jesus accounted it to him for faith. That's powerful. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's powerful to think that when you come back to the feet of Jesus, you come into his throne room and you begin to give him thanks and you begin to be truly grateful, truly grateful, not just lip service, truly grateful. What do you mean, brother kid? Let me give you an example. Our kids, as they should, have certain things they have to do around the house, different things they got to get done. If they don't get those things done, you kind of lose some of your privileges. Get an amen from my parents around here. Okay. The other day, Kyron Rose had a job that she had to get done, and it wasn't done yet. And she did what every good big sister does. She bus rolled her brother. Her brother was playing on his iPad. But he had not taken the trash out yet. Kyron had not done the dishes yet. She bus rolled her brother, so I took the iPad from him and I said, you can have this back when you get done doing the things that you were done. And my son looked at his sister right square in the face and said, thanks a lot, Kyron. I think we could all agree he wasn't really thankful. Where's he at today? Where's he at? Where's he? He's hiding somewhere. Were you thankful in that moment? No. I don't think he was really thankful. It was just lip service in that moment. We need to get to a place where it's really in us, where we're truly thankful. And be careful because if it's not in you, God will put you in a trial to make sure it's there. I've lived it for the last year. God wants a place of true thankfulness. And if you get to that place, he accounts it for faith. Faith moves mountains. My, faith takes the sycamine tree and plucks it up, casts it into the sea. How do I get that? By being thankful. 
Many Bible scholars believe that the original nine men went away healed of leprosy, but still carrying the scars of their sickness and its devastation in their bodies. On the other hand, the thankful men left that day not knowing only the healed of the terrible disease, but knowing the, the greatness and the, 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 the faithfulness of God as he was made whole. In other words, the Lord restored what sickness had stole from him. Here is why our worship is so important. It is showing thankfulness to God for his love for us and what he has done in our lives. <laughs> it brings it into our lives, that re-reward that the Bible talks about, that, that extra blessing, that, that added bonus, that thing that's not for everybody else, the blessing of thankfulness. And here where God is calling us today, I'm done, musicians, you can come. God is calling us to a day of true thankfulness because the blessing of thankfulness, he's so ready and willing. We can hear the anguish in Jesus' voice as he said, where? Where are the nine? Hear me today, do you hear me clearly? Jesus wanted all 10 of them to be made whole. There is not a person under the sound of my voice today that God does not want you to be made whole of every sickness and every disease and every bondage that the enemy has tried to put on you. Every stumbling block, every fetter, every chain, every wall of doubt and disbelief. God wants to break them all down. He wants to give you, oh God, the power and the anointing and the glory to overcome them all. But we have to get to a place where we are truly thankful for what we already have if we're going to experience the blessing of thankfulness. Why don't we stand all across this house? The only way that you can get this back, the only way I will receive the blessings of thankfulness and gratitude today is if we get back to the presence of Almighty God. Notice these men they left Brother Donald and they went to show themselves to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. One man, I caught, said, I can't, I can't keep going. I've got to go back. I've got to tell him thank you. I've got to worship this man who has taken care of everything. This leper became whole that day because he came back to the presence of Almighty God with thanksgiving and gratitude. Psalms 100 and verse four, we opened with this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. How do you get into his gates today? You gotta be thankful. Thankful for everything he's done for you. Listen to me clearly. If he never does another thing for you, he's already done enough on Calvary for you to give him all the praise and all the glory. He's already done enough, but he has more that he wants to give you. 
So you enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. This man fell at his feet and worshiped him. He worshiped him. You know what happened as he worshiped him? God made him whole. Those ears began to grow back. What has God spoken to you that you haven't heard in a long time? Maybe you need to go back to a place of thankfulness and praise. His eye maybe grew back. What have you not seen in a long time? His hands maybe grew back as he began to worship him. Where do you need to reach? What do you need to do? He began to grow back as he fell at his feet and he worshiped him. The courtroom of the king is where all the good gifts or the bad gifts were given. It's where he either shows mercy or he shows judgment. Today he is rich in mercy, thankfully, his word declares. And if we can just get back in the presence of Almighty God, if we can get back in the presence of the king, ah. Revelations 4, verse, beginning in verse 8, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when these beasts give their glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Even in heaven, they know if they want to get in God's presence, they better come with thanksgiving and praise. Ha! Enter into his presence with thanksgiving? Yeah, you ought to. Enter into his courts with praise? You have to. In the courtroom, it's where the judge passes judgment. Somebody under the sound of my voice today needs to come to this altar, get in the courtroom of God and say the enemy and the leprosy of sin has stolen these things from me. And oh great judge, I place it in your courtroom today and I ask you to restore. I'm telling you today, God showed it to me and spoke it so clearly that if we will come to this altar in true thankfulness and praise unto the almighty God, he will restore all that's been taken, all that you have lost, everything, every good gift, everything that you have lost, it's coming back today. You hear me today? But you've got to get in the presence of almighty God. Ah, you gotta come. You gotta come to this altar and you gotta stand in his presence thankfully, cheerfully, loving him, worshiping him. Notice you can't stand there with pride. You can't stand there with arrogance. You can't stand there with self-righteousness. You can't stand there 
to come humbly. You've got to be thankful. Oh, God, take us to a place of true thankfulness. <laughs> That's why the writer in Hebrews wrote, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That means quit fooling around, ma'am. Quit fooling around, sir. That means stop messing around and get right with God today. That means stop stalling and get down to this altar. That means quit wasting time. For we know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. He can come at any minute. Oh, hear me clearly. God wants to restore the blessing of thankfulness unto you today. He wants to give it to you today. He's rich in mercy. But you've got to come to the presence to get it. Ah, 